Green Thumbs Rejoice. It's the Bob Olin Show, brought to you by Dan's Garden Center. Located in Dan's Feed Bin in Superior. The WLFSD's Garden Green. Compost you'll dig. Now, KDAL's Master Gardener, Bob Olin. Good morning, Bob. Only a month to go before spring. <laughs> Boy, this has been an old-fashioned winter, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's been very cold, and now we're getting the snow to go with it. And, uh, well, it's it's just like winter. <laughs> it is just like winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, in its own way, it, uh, you know, if you're adventuresome, it uh, makes for an interesting experience or two out there, doesn't it, Dave? <laughs> it certainly does. I getting where you want to go is it's going to be pretty tough. Yes, indeed. Uh, once again, we take you back into the fall where we are so fortunate we had this blanket of snow early, so we don't get a lot of cold frost penetration down into the ground. So hopefully when things warm up, and you know what's so interesting, when winter tends to drag on like this, it tends to warm up very quickly. Mm-hmm. You're really pretty good at updating us on the increasing day length. So what do we got for sunrise and sunset? Do you have that? In uh, let's see. We got uh, 701 for sunup and 544 for sunset. Well, that's a big change in just yeah. a month or so, isn't it? And we're going to accelerate here coming into March. So that's that's a good thing. I think uh, I'm always optimistic when we get just a little bit more sunlight like that. But once again, without a lot of frost in the ground, we should get some good snow melt. And depending on how that comes, we'd like it gradually, of course. But uh, the soil should absorb much of that moisture. And it's kind of interesting. You know, uh, weather drives uh, a lot of our discussion this time of year, of course. But in addition to that, weather really does uh, drive a lot of our performance of uh, things that are growing, whether it be pastures or whether it be our gardens. Uh, weather is a pretty important factor going forward. And with all the discussion about climate change, I'm sure that uh, this year is not going to be any different. We're going to have a lot of weather discussions with every weather event that occurs. So once again, uh, taking a look at some of the long-range forecasts, and uh, obviously they're subject to change. And there's variability there, but I think NOAA does a pretty good job. But they've been holding for these long-range forecasts to kind of average uh, temperatures for us. And uh, in the early spring months, a little above average precipitation and moisture. So that was all good. Uh, Unlike other parts of the country where they were projecting hot and dry, well, they've shifted a little bit now. And they're expecting, again, that we are going to be warmer, average temperatures, but going to be a little bit warmer than average coming through our most of our growing season. So once again, I think we're going to be uh, looking perhaps at a growing season similar to what we had last year. Uh, pretty hot, pretty dry. Hopefully we get a little bit more moisture at critical times. But I think that uh, focusing a little bit on warm season crops, it's kind of interesting, Dave. People like to grow the warm season crops. Those are the ones that uh, have all the sugar from sweet corn to ah. tomatoes to uh melons and so forth and uh, unlike our cool season crops like uh, broccoli and cabbage and cauliflower great in their own way but they don't have the sugar content it really takes that heat with a green plant to produce that extra sugar so for many gardeners uh, this is actually going to be welcome but i think we are going to definitely have to pay attention to water water sources looking maybe at some trickle irrigation uh, and going back to some of the basic fundamentals not overwatering but certainly providing the moisture that these plants are going to need coming forward. So I, I think that's probably a pretty good bet as we look at the growing season coming, Dave. Yeah, we got the wind uh, t- uh, over the last couple of days now, which are actually leaving some bare spots in many places and a whole lot of big drifts in other places. I wonder how that will affect uh, the ground underneath the, 
is well, exposed. You're, you're absolutely right. If it's exposed, and we've held on to these cold temperatures, mm. and they're in the in the works coming forward here. And of course, those winds and cold temperatures uh, they can be difficult for uh, winter hardiness of a lot of material that's above the snow. We've still got that snow protection in most areas, but you're right; there are areas that are swept uh, clean. And that could be just a little bit difficult. So we'll have to see how we come through. I think uh, for the most part, though, our vegetative material is going to come through the, this winter pretty well. I think, again, we're looking forward to a, a good growing season. Uh, the fact we've got the adequate moisture on the surface right now in terms of snow, I think that, that, that I'm pretty optimistic about. So uh, we got another good growing year coming up. I know we have a lot of folks from the pandemic era that uh, engaged in gardening for the first time. It is the number one hobby in the country, at least in North America it is. And uh, I think more people just added to that. So most folks are going to have a little something out there. If it's a container with a tomato or two or a little bit of garden space, uh, we're seeing more and more lawn being uh, dug up and transferred into uh well, maybe a combination of both uh, fruit and vegetable gardens as well as some pollinator gardens. So I'm going to kind of take a little look, and we'll tease people with this a little bit. I'm going to look at kind of this concept of an integrated uh, garden approach where we can get some edibles, we can get some uh, pollinators. Uh, the flowering uh, ornamentals are beautiful, of course, flowering perennials, but they also provide uh, uh, a forage area for a lot of our pollinating insects. So they work so nicely together. They're very compatible. We might take a little look at uh, getting a bee-friendly lawn established, cutting a little bit of clover. We tried it one time uh, as our interest in uh, the uh, carpet-like lawns uh, was very high. We tried to eliminate all broadleaves. Now there's that realization that some of these clovers really do provide uh, very nice uh, forage for some of our pollinating insects, which are important, of course, for fruit, vegetable, flower production as well. So there's kind of a new integrated approach coming into the uh, into the landscape. Uh, and uh, rather than straight monocultures, rather than the perfect lawn where we're sweeping up all the cuttings and so forth, and won't tolerate any broadleaves. We're coming back to something that's a little bit more reasonable, Dave, and something actually that is a little quite a bit more natural. So uh, some very good trends out there, uh, lots uh, lots to address coming forward here, and uh, we're going to have a fun time, Dave, uh, coming into the growing season. You bet. That won't be too long, we hope, anyway. Uh, we hope. We, we know what April and May can bring. So. <laughs> Absolutely. 923 now at KDAL. It's the Bob Olin Show. We'll return. More from Bob coming up. And once again, Bob on the uh, line. Today, by the way, Bob, is National Margarita Day, so enjoy responsibly. <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll try growing some of the limes that go with that, or strawberries, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got a call, too. Uh, hi, who's this? Uh, Nolan from Saginaw. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. I have some questions about some flowering plants I brought in for the winter, what I should do for them before spring. Oh, um, great. First one is uh, two fuchsias. Now, they have lost their leaves, you know, and re-leafed into the green, you know, in the transition. Should I right. cut them back or just leave them as they are? Were they in hanging baskets? Yeah, yeah, there were two hanging baskets I bought last spring, yeah. Okay. Um, I, th- I think uh, probably I would I would trim them up and cut them back to a node. It, uh, in other words, where you're seeing a, a fresh branch coming in, oftentimes you will see some of the outer portion, which will die back. 
and I would I would prune them back, but uh, not real aggressively. Do you have any leaves okay. on them at all at this point? Pardon? Do you have leaves on them at this point? Yeah, yeah, they've all leafed back out. You know, they lost a lot of leaves when yes. precision when I brought them in, but okay. they're back green and that now. Yeah. Okay. Then what I would do is I would uh, I would probably if they're beginning to leaf, we're getting a lot more uh, sunlight right now. Have you been applying any fertilizer at all? Uh, no, not yet. Just water. Okay. I think uh, in view of the fact that the day length is extending very rapidly right now, what I'd probably do is I'd probably take just a general-purpose uh, water-soluble fertilizer, and I guess I'll throw a name out there, uh, miracle Grow, so people know what I'm talking about. But there are yeah, a lot I of got, different... I got the liquid, yeah, there are a lot of different products out there, but here's where we're going to be taking typically at the tablespoon of the dry powder fertilizer material, dissolving it in water, and then applying it. Let's let's do this. Let's cut that to half strength. And uh, if you can find the the product I mentioned there is very high in nitrogen, there are other formulas out there that are maybe something where that middle number, the phosphorus, is going to be higher. So if you take a look. Uh, Chop around a little bit. There's some 15, 30, 15s out there, which actually this time of year I'd I'd like to see a little bit more of that uh, phosphorus component rather than just trying to push the green growth. And and a lot of the formulas, that first number is nitrogen. You get kind of a quick response, but we want slow growth right now. So uh, we're going to get started with the fertilizer resin with that. We're going to pour some clear water uh, through the plant first and should be tepid or room temperature. And uh, so we get those roots moist, and you can come in with a half a strength uh, formula. So that could be uh, you're going to use maybe uh, a half a tablespoon in a gallon, let it dissolve at room temperature so it's uh, fully in solution. And then after you've watered it once, you can come through over the top and give it a little fertility. And maybe repeat that in about two weeks. And then as the days get longer, we approach uh, the spring equinox there where we got plenty of plenty of sunlight available, then eventually you can uh, you can increase the amount of fertility or the frequency when you're fertilizing. So watch how it grows. You should be getting uh, good new growth. You can you can prune those back, but not aggressively. I don't think I would, uh, and if you are going to prune them a little bit, look at the tips. If there's any tip burn, bring it back to good green lush growth um, at one of what we call the nodes, where there's a leaf coming off from the main stem. That's where you're going to make your cut, and uh, not too aggressively. Okay. Same thing for geraniums and impatience. I have a couple of them I brought in, too. Oh, you got some geraniums, too. Oh, with this. Yeah, I, got that's one, I got one from 2020. <laughs> Congratulations. You know, um, with geraniums, it's, it is, of course, one of the most popular uh, flowering plants we've got out there. Um, those you can cut back a little more aggressively. You can take uh, some of those cuttings. Now, again, you've got the leaves on there, so you kept them. Did you keep them growing, or did you yep. uh, let yeah, them? Yeah, they're growing. They'll probably be about a foot and a half tall, both of them. Oh, so they're actually almost a little on the leggy side at this point. Well, Yeah, they are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you feel like you've got good light, and obviously you probably got, the, got those in the sunny southern window, is that a fair assumption? Yeah, I, they're in a they're in the basement. I have walkout basement, and there's like a four by six picture window on nice. the south side that they sit right in front of. Yeah, I was going to say if you kept them uh, that good, that high quality, you had some a good light source someplace there. Um, probably getting a little long and leggy. You know, one thing you can do: have you ever taken some cuttings from them and just stuck those cuttings in like? Uh, 
uh, rooting media. Have you tried that at all? Not with geraniums, no. Well, geraniums will rip up pretty nicely for you. So if oh, okay. those are getting long and leggy, what I would do is I'd take a cutting, and then I would uh, strip, uh, if you had three or four leaves down that, uh, that stem, I'd strip the lower two, three off, make about a 45-degree angle, and uh, we really don't want to contaminate that. So it's something as close to a sterile knife as you can get, uh, and you actually can sterilize them with heat processing, but make sure that's at least good and clean. And then one thing that helps, have you uh, used a rooting hormone at all? Maybe you haven't uh, done too much propagation, but uh, no, there are rooting hormones out there. <laughs> okay, this is kind of fun. This will help these roots, these root a little. So there's some things that are going to be kind of kind of critical uh, time of year. So this is a perfect time. So they will pop roots. So you're going to take a cutting. You've got stem tissue, and then you've got to get uh, those new roots to develop because it's the roots that are going to carry the moisture up into the rest of the plant. You may take the cutting as no roots, so we have to kind of conserve the moisture that's in that cutting until we establish some new roots. So um, a good rooting media, and there are medias which are peat-based that you can buy for rooting, or you can use just a 50% horticulture-grade uh, vermiculite, 50% perlite, mix it 50-50, get it moist. And then uh, I think purchasing uh, a rooting hormone is a good idea. And there are there are powder materials. If you're going to use a powder, then you want to dip the that cutting in moisture or in water before you just touch it. So you just touch it on a little bit of that rooting hormone. There also are some gels out there. Um, Long-time name brands, Rittone is certainly one that's been around for a long time. So you can maybe call around a little bit, but uh, these are get, becoming more readily available. Just a little bit of that rooting hormone and then uh, stick them down in your rooting media. What I like to do is pull a little bit of clear poly over the top. Don't put it in the sun because you don't want them to bake. So take them away from that sunny window there, indirect light. But uh, that poly over the top helps conserve moisture so you get high relative humidity around the cutting for a while at least until we can get those roots established and then start actively pulling water into the plant so there's a little bit of discussion there good cutting strip half the leaves good rooting media a little bit of root tone indirect light a little poly over the top and you'll be surprised they are going to bloom, bloom later for you in the year though when you grow those out and uh, so you can take the ones that you took the cuttings from, the mother plants, those should bloom earlier for you. And then you've got these cuttings that you're going to follow up with so you can have a nice progression of uh, flowering geraniums through the entire season. A little bit of a okay. long discussion there for you, but uh, that's a technique that you'll have a little fun with. Okay? Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks for thank the call. You. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I didn't realize, I guess, that uh, some of those potted plants that you get in the in the spring and the summer actually can be used again the next year. I didn't. No, they really can. Uh, now, geraniums, a lot of people yeah. love them, and they're beautiful, and a lot of people will, and it's one of our number one uh, uh, floral plants in the spring of the mm-hmm. year, and uh, a lot of people will keep them. Huh. Uh, di- different ways you can keep She kept them growing because she had good light. Yeah. A lot of people can just store them uh, in an area that's a little cooler, and uh, they'll store quite well. There isn't any storage structure. There's no bulbs or anything there, but there's mm-hmm. good carbohydrate in the stem, and so we can start those up again. So you actually can uh, get, as she mentioned, there are multiple uses and years wow. of, of productivity out of uh, out of a good quality ger- geranium like that. All right. So uh, I suppose there are annuals and biannuals, you call them, right? Well, uh, these, these uh, let's see, these are actually considered... 
uh, annuals that mm-hmm. keep right on growing. Oh. Uh, per- perennials uh, would, uh, you know, you'd have some kind of a storage structure, so uh, or either a real woody, uh, woody root system where we're mm-hmm. storing carbohydrate. So these can keep growing. Most people will discard them. Yeah. But um, they're started from cuttings in the greenhouse. Right now, our, oh boy, you talk, if you think you have fuel bills, <laughs> I was just thinking of some of our commercial greenhouse oh, yeah. growers that are operating right now and paying $3 a gallon for propane yeah. or whatever. But they're starting them right now, and they'll take them from cuttings, and then uh, they will be blooming very early in the season for you. So. Wow. You know, some of those you can keep. Now, uh, our caller there, those are going to bloom a little later for her. So mm-hmm. I kind of like to buy some new material that will bloom early in the year for you. Some of the material that you kept over or you're taking cuttings from and growing out new plants, uh, those will, in fact, uh, bloom a little later. So you can get co- good color that way through the entire season. You're always buying some new material, so you've always got new material that you can keep as well. You can do a lot with geraniums, that's for sure. Sounds good. Thank you, Bob. We're coming up on 936. We'll take a quick news break and be right back with the Bob Olin Show here on KDAL. And we're back more with Bob Olin this morning at 939 as uh, the winter storm warning remains in effect until midnight tonight. So keep that in mind and don't go anywhere unless you have to because the roads are pretty nasty out there this morning. Yeah, and you certainly, I imagine, had a commute there uh, coming in, Dave, as well. So it's, uh, we appreciate the fact that you're in there and, and yeah. doing what you're doing. Yeah. Biggest problem it, for me was my own driveway. <laughs> That's often the case. Once I'm I got out of that, and, uh, I was okay. I think our, I actually, I, uh, I congratulate our road crews, the St. Louis County road <laughs> crews. I go off a of county road here, and boy, mm-hmm. they do a nice job for us. But this has been a tough uh tough storm because it just keeps coming over a prolonged period of yeah. time isn't that the case yeah and the wind so, keeps blowing over the work that the the crews did and so uh, that that's not good either no no it's it's uh, something you have to work with but nonetheless it's part of the adventure mm-hmm. living up here and uh when you look at some of the other problems that the world has right now <laughs> that's I'm right. You, nice place to be isn't it mm-hmm, absolutely yeah, absolutely so you know it's kind of interesting at the call there about um you know, maintaining uh, plants that, that she'd brought in, as well as uh, the possibility of taking some cuttings from some of the geraniums. I think here we are, late February. It's a little early to be starting garden seed, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll get into that a little later. But uh, hold off a little bit there, unless you've got greenhouse capabilities. Problem is, people will start a lot of their uh, garden seed early. It's not too difficult, really, to start them. It's growing them out that becomes an issue. So let's hold off on that a little bit to give you an idea. You can perhaps start the onion family if you like in uh, in early March. But other than that, we're looking at April when we're going to be starting uh, what most people may try, uh, the, the tomatoes and the peppers and so forth. So we're going to we're going to wait just a little bit on some of that. But um, this is a great time to be thinking about getting a little fertility, and I went through that little process there. I have made the mistake of just following directions, a tablespoon of, uh, of uh, water-soluble fertilizer just poured over a house plant where I hadn't gotten any, any moisture there, and fertilizers are salts. So uh, you can burn the uh, burn those roots a little bit if you're if you're not careful. So I again uh, like to be uh, cautious, and I like to have a good well-drained potting soil for my house plants. I like to pour a little bit of uh, what they call tepid water. I guess that's room temperature water, not too cold, not too hot, uh, through that uh, through the house plants first, clear water. And then starting this time of year, they can use a little fertility. As a matter of fact, if you look at your plants, they're not a, a real nice deep green. If you're seeing 
pink or if you're seeing uh, along the margins, uh, if you're seeing any kind of decay where there isn't good quality growth, oftentimes that is nutrient deficient. We don't like to add any fertility unless that plant's starting to actively grow. Well, light is a trigger, of course, and uh, we are progressively getting uh, much lighter day by day here. So you can start with perhaps a half-strength fertilizer solution. Once again, we're, we're very fortunate. We've got fertilizer laws out here, so they, whatever's in that package, they've got to tell you what's in there. So you'll see these big three numbers I talked about. And from the garden fertilizer, people are familiar with the 10, 10, 10, 10% nitrogen, 10% phosphorus, 10% potassium, uh, your big three. We've got 17 nutrients overall that we're dependent upon, but these are the ones that we're most typically deficient in, so that's why you're going to see those big three numbers and you'll see that on your water soluble uh, fertilizers when you buy those as well i generally recommend that people look for uh, a product that also has what we call some micronutrients or trace nutrients in there just spin the package around and take a look at what the ingredients label says so you're looking for some components which might include some iron some manganese some uh, copper in very very limited amounts so these are the trace nutrients but a lot of our soils, if we had mineral soils, mineral soils tend to pick uh, pick these traces up. They're in the soil. But so many of our houseplants are grown in peat-based soils right now, and they typically don't have these nutrients. That's why I will make up uh, my own mix where I get a little mineral soil mixed in with a peat-based soil and, and prepare a houseplant mix that does, does include mineral soil. So I've got some of these traces covered. But if you're just uh, buying a mix, uh, then I think you want to make sure that when you're fertilizing that you look for a product that has some trace nutrients as well as the big three N, P, and K. And then, as I mentioned a little earlier, um, if you can find some products, and they're out there, and some of them are generic, they're not with the big uh, fancy names on them, and you can you can find a 15, 30, 15, or something where that middle number is uh, equivalent to the other two, um, you know, when we're actively growing plenty of nitrogen for some plants is great. It gives you a flush of green, but you don't always get the strongest green or strongest growth that way. So I like something that's a little more balanced rather than a 21, uh, a 510. Look for something like a 15, uh, 30, 15 or a 10, 10, 10, something like that. A little bit more balanced in the fertilizer and then look for uh, some trace water them first with clear water and then follow it up with half strength uh, fertilizer solution and uh, the plants will respond very nicely this time of year mm -hmm. to that kind of a treatment Dave. I uh, was surprised to hear that uh, the water temperature makes a difference you don't want to get uh, real cold water on your plants or real hot water yeah you know it's uh, it's probably not the real critical but no. if you can if you can use uh, something we don't want to shock the plants particularly mm. Uh, what may be critical if you're on a municipal water system, uh, just about all of our uh, municipal systems got are fluoridated and have got some chlorine in there. Mm -hmm. So uh, we can get some tip burn. I, I think of some of the house plants in particular that uh, where we've got kind of a thin leaf there, and the fluoride and the chlorine gets carried out to the the farthest edge of the leaf. We get some burn that actually occurs there. So. Uh, when watering house plants, if you're in the city of Duluth or Superior, take that water, uh, let it sit for 24 hours. Uh, you don't need to get uh, real fancy with this. You don't need to buy distilled water or anything like that. But take your municipal water, let it sit for 24 hours, and then both the fluoride 
as well as the chlorine will dissipate that small amount that's there and then uh, it comes to room temperature for you as well mm. and uh, takes a little bit of extra time but nonetheless you eliminate some potential problems that way Dave. How about uh, a soil? I mean we've had plants in the house for 10-15 years do we need to change the soil on occasion or just uh, add nutrients once in a while? Well, you know, again, it kind of depends. Some of these plants really like to be root-bound, so we don't want to over-transplant, but you'll be surprised. if uh, You can kind of look at a plant, and if you have to water during the growing season very frequently, every day or two, or if you see roots coming out the drain hole, or if you see roots on the upper portion of the uh, soil surface or growing out toward the edge, uh, those are good indications that it's time to transplant, upgrade, but don't don't upgrade into a, a real large additional pot. Uh, move it up about an inch in terms of the, the diameter uh, so you're about a half an inch on the radius. You're just extending it a small amount. I think that uh, getting some fresh uh, quality potting soil in there is a good idea. Once again, this is a good time of year to be doing some of that transplanting. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will take, you know, uh, we've talked in coming into the holiday season, gift plants, a lot of Thanksgiving cactus, Christmas cactus, Easter cactus, and they're grown now in very light mixes. They're not expensive um, to purchase, but uh, we really don't always have the best soil, and many of those plants could take uh, this time of year some soil renovation. So I think transplanting some of the plants, some of the plants, moving them up, uh, stepping them up in terms of the size of the container, the amount of potting soil. These are all good things that uh, can be done, and this is just an ideal time. So on a day like this, if you have the time, that's not a bad indoor activity for you. All right. Uh, plants will take this okay. They're not going to get upset because they're, they've been in this <laughs> soil forever, and they're used to it, and all of a sudden they got well, some new stuff. Well, you you know, you're absolutely right that uh, there is a transplant shock that gets small. That's why we like to do it this time of year. Ah. Uh, you try to do that in the depths of winter when these are green plants, so they need sunlight. So you put a, uh, a light shock, and then you put a transplant shock on them, and uh, that, that can set them back some. It doesn't necessarily kill them, but set them back. So this is the time of year. All right, Bob, we'll take another break, and we'll be right back. More of the Bob Olin Show here on KDAL. We're at 948. Winter storm warning remains in effect until midnight tonight. Uh, The snow continues. One below at the airport, five above downtown, six in Superior. Still windy, too, blowing that snow around a bit and uh, giving us some visibility issues. Keep that in mind. If you are out and about today, uh, be careful. Once again, Bob Olin. Yeah, I think that's good advice. I just, uh, you know, listening to a couple of our sponsors that uh, keep us on the air there, I really think that uh, you can get good products from both places. I think some of our composts are garden green product. We talk about putting together a good potting soil mix. Actually, like a little compost mixed in there because that uh, that does provide some of these trace nutrients that we're we're looking for. So we've got uh, some good local sources, and uh, more than ever, I think, we're aware that if we can buy locally, we minimize a lot of transportation costs. Uh, We do a lot of uh, actually reusing, recycling. In the case of uh, our compost product there, we're taking uh, material, organic material that one time was put in landfills, now being uh, turned around, composted properly, uh, repackaged, and made available. So we're reusing the product, and uh, we can always use a little bit more organic. 
you know, we're going to have a good growing season. I'll tease you a little bit with a couple things coming <laughs> up. Um, we got great gardening going on on our public television. That'll be uh, March 10th, we're putting together a program there that'll run for the full hour on March 10th, the evening. And then we'll be doing uh, programs in April and May on Thursday nights as well. So it's going to be kind of fun. Uh, that way, uh, we've got uh, a couple of programs coming up, our spring gardening extravaganza. We're going to come back, bring people together. And uh, it's been a year now or two years maybe since we've done something in person here. So this is going to be kind of fun. April 23rd, we're going to do it down at the down at the depot. And it should be a, a real fun activity. And we're going to look at, uh, focus a little bit on uh, tomatoes. Uh, it is uh, the um, vegetable of the year. So we're going to take a little look at that. We've looked at a lot of different varieties, continue to look at varieties. And uh, there's always new introductions there. So that's going to be kind of fun and uh, going to present some of the uh, pepper research that I did last year on maturing uh, uh, colorful uh, bell peppers for roasting and the sweet bell peppers. And, uh, you know, it's like a lot of things. It's, uh, we drew some conclusions and found some good varieties, some good cultural techniques. But uh, I'd like to repeat some of these things because the weather, again, is such a big determinant, particularly when we're growing uh, warm season uh, crops like that, but we learned a lot in the process and going to continue with some of that research. We'll present some of that information to people looking at bee-friendly lawns, looking at pollinators. Uh, we're going to look at uh, probably some spring flowering shrubs. Uh, I might do a section on the economics of vegetable growing now that the price of uh, food is getting up there, yeah. as with other things, and I think uh, it's been a while since, people, since economics uh, was an important factor in the vegetable garden. I think quality and freshness and uh, uh, sourcing products close to home were the big drivers of a lot of interest in edibles, but I think that economics is going to be a factor as well for a lot of folks this year. So it's going to be real interesting. We'll present some data there as well, so we're going to have a good time. That'll be on April 23rd, and we'll have uh, a couple of other in-person activities we'll fill you in on a little bit later. So lots coming up here. Yeah. We're looking forward to getting together with people again. <laughs> now you got your red peppers, your yellow peppers, green peppers. you got any other colored peppers that we need to know about? Well, uh, <laughs> we did quite a few, bit with purple peppers Purple well. peppers. So we had, uh, and of course, the green pepper is an immature pepper. And <laughs> it's kind of interesting, the purple peppers, that's, you know, they move from green to purple. And this is one thing that uh, we grew them out under good conditions. And uh, most of these purple peppers, that's not their mature color. Uh, they'll actually either turn red or, or kind of a dark uh, black in color, depending on the variety. So, but these are these have taken on quite a bit of interest, and of course, they're very expensive in the grocery stores. And that's consequently why uh, I did a little bit of the research. Uh, we're quite a bit farther north. This is not pepper country, but uh, came up with a few techniques, and hopefully, uh, we can help people out that way just a little bit uh, dave how many purple peppers can you pick never mind <laughs> Nine fifty-four. we'll take another break it's the bob olin show here on kdao all right final portion of the uh, bob olin show bobby said this is uh, the year of the tomato i thought every year was the year of the tomato <laughs> well it is it's, it's got a fascinating <laughs> history it is the number one uh <laughs> edible garden crop yeah. bar none and just about everyone tries to grow tomatoes one time you know they were considered poisonous and when mm -hmm. we get a chance we may give you just a little bit of that fascinating history of that plant but now <laughs> it's gone from something that people didn't want to something that just about everybody wants and uh lots and lots of varieties to pick from out there and actually we're changing what we're looking at because it is warming up a little bit so we may be able to grow even some of the more popular varieties that have been grown for a long time just a little bit farther south so we'll 
we'll go over a little bit of that when we come mm-hmm. into the a uh, little bit closer to the seed starting season for tomatoes, Dave. Is it a uh, vegetable or a fruit? Well, it all depends. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, biologically, uh, it is actually a fruit because okay. fruit, def- uh, fruit is defined uh, just as a thickened ovary wall, and uh, the seeds are inside the ovary. So technically, right. the tomato is in fact a uh, a fruit, but most people consider it a garden vegetable sure. in the general vernacular. So it's you can be right both ways, I guess, Dave. <laughs> One of the best fruits to use for throwing at people, too. I noticed. That. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah. That maybe was uh, back in the day when they were considered poisonous, so they'd throw poisonous uh, tomatoes at people. Yeah, it's really funny <laughs> how long that how long that held on. You talk about misinformation. Wow. Uh, for the longest time, uh, <laughs> folks thought that they were poisonous. Yeah. You know, when you, when you pick up the plant itself, and it's got a fragrance to it, and for some people there's kind of an acquired taste, and, and uh, some people just don't like tomatoes, but nonetheless, uh, the newer varieties, sugar contents are high. They are very nutritious, and they went from something you consider to be poisonous to uh, the number one garden crop. So, but there was a little misinformation back in that day too, back in the 1800s when they were uh, really being introduced in into North America. Here, I wonder what royal subject had to determine whether or not they were going to die after eating them. <laughs> okay, right. it's your you hit it. Now, if you if you live, I'll I'll try it. <laughs> well, actually, there were a few people that had uh, public demonstrations that <laughs> okay, were convinced good. that these were going to be edible, and they drew quite a bit of attention. The public kind of assumed that these folks would die, and when they didn't, wow. uh, tomatoes gained some uh, credibility, that's for sure. All right, Bob, have a great week, and uh, stay safe out there if you're on the roads, and uh, we'll catch you next Tuesday. Thank you very much. Same to all of our listeners. Careful out there. The Bob Olin Show has been brought to you by Dan's Garden Center. Located in Dan's Feedback in Superior. And by WLSSD's Garden Green. Compost you'll dig.